at 12.06 on this sunny Wednesday. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This is the Noon Report. And uh, good afternoon to everyone, as we like to call it that, on uh, Facebook Live. As the Facebook Live <coughs> crowd files in, uh, it's simulcast. You can uh, share that you are watching. Good afternoon. This Pamela and uh, everyone slowly making their way in for the noon report on this very sunny Wednesday, folks. Hopefully more of the melting will continue. And I like to give shout outs. Sometimes there's Carol and others. Folks, share that you are watching your way of showing appreciation. There's our friend. There's the, the Grand Martha Stamp of the Rhode Island Republican Party and others. We will be doing Facebook Live later tomorrow night. Actually, uh, Cranston Cranston PD Live tomorrow afternoon. We're going to try an afternoon slot, 4 to 6. You can tune in, watch it live right there. Hi there, Bill. At, uh, at um, <laughs> The Facebook page, which is John DePietro Show. You're listing to AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And again, you can always listen online, as we like to say, at our website, which is dipetro.com, for better or worse, at 12.08 in the Ocean State. This is the Noon Report Live on this Wednesday, December 14th. And folks, the, uh, the, the sun is out. It's actually, it's just heard, uh, you know, it's actually a, a very enjoyable day. Roads are clear by all accounts. This portion of the program, good day to head over to PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. What a selection they have right now. This is where I got my tree. I like a live tree. You know, growing up for years in Edgewood, we used to have the, um, <clears throat> all right, whatever we're calling it these days, artificial tree. Uh, but there is something about a live tree. And it's certainly the uh, aroma of the needles that it brings into the home. And at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, they have fantastic selection. Balsam, Frasier fir, uh, cut trees three feet, eight feet tall. They also do a great job. Steve and Junior, they'll wrap it right up, tie it right up on top of your roof. They have potted live trees, custom handmade wreaths, 10 inch in size, 60 inches in size. They have Christmas swag. They have mistletoe, hanging baskets, roping, cut greens, decorative pots, cemetery baskets. You know, this could be a tough time of year for people who have uh, lost a loved one, obviously, and that would include everyone. But Christmas crafts, gift certificates. They also have, if you want to give a unique gift and give a gift that the person is, they're certainly not going to receive two of them. But they have at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They have beautiful custom-made birdhouses, custom-made sleighs from local artists. Now, they also do firewoods available, pickup and delivery. They're open every single day. Look for them on Facebook. Folks, what a selection they have. And they're finishing out has been another great year. But they're just, if you're going to a Christmas party, want to get a nice, thoughtful gift to someone, pop it and see them. Debbie and Steve and Junior and Byron, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Well, folks, also make sure you check out the website, depetro.com. We got a lot of uh, traction with the, the bombshell we we put forward on the Charlotte Lester case. We also have a lot of stories that are up there. You can go through all the archives, by the way. Everything is archived there. I have people asking me. Uh, different questions still about that missing persons case, also uh, about the the Rob Mack case as well. It's all at the website, dipetro.com. All the articles are labeled that way, so you can go back and see different video stories. We also, for those that are not on Facebook, I'm not on Facebook. It's free. Um, <clears throat> we also have all the Cranston PD Live video up. And that's really starting to take off. Folks, check it all out at the website, dpetro.com, which is once again uh, sponsored by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Now, I want to talk about this situation with, quote, the homeless um, and, and what is, is happening in the courts. And I I don't like the tone. Now, make, make no mistake about it. A big part of this is... The McKee people have kind of gotten themselves into this. So I will touch on that. And especially the tone, it's it's so disturbing, I think, the tone the media is taking with this story. 
Many people, many of you, you hear about media bias. People hear about that. And they fake news, right? but they, they don't, I don't think a lot of people fully understand media bias. Uh, they definitely don't understand what fake news is. But I, I just want to make mention about the Charlotte Lester case for, for just a moment. Folks, we have, we have covered this <clears throat> since the beginning. We have more information on this missing person case. Charlotte Lester, last seen the, the Monday night, May 16th, Appenock section of Warwick, heading up the hill of Staples Avenue. We have covered the searches. We have interviewed more than anyone. I am willing to put our coverage, the coverage on petro.com and the Facebook page has been far greater than any, any other local news organization. We have treated it the way you you treat a story like this, which is there's different levels. You know, uh, Channel 10, 12, and 6, I'm not knocking them. They they have a certain way they cover it, which is basically they do a minute 20 package in the 6 o'clock news and then maybe in the 11 o'clock news. Now, I've always been drawn during the OJ uh, trial and case. I like in-depth coverage. I do. If I'm going to follow a topic, I like to really go beneath the surface, not just skim the surface. Most people do that. But so my coverage of the Charlotte Lester case, it's been the type of coverage that that I will like for a story, which is, for instance, when I follow the Patriots, I like people that are beat reporters that truly know the team and truly know the game. And, and then they can talk above just. Should it be Mac Jones or Zappi and all these people? You know, he's not the second coming of Brady and all this other BS cliches. I like to go, but he, so so when I cover a story when possible, not always possible, by the way, but we like to go in depth like that. So we have committed time. We've committed resources, uh, personal sacrifice. So I was a little annoyed this morning. I'll share with you. Someone out of nowhere contacts and, and wasted our time. With, you know, it turned out they had no information. They were peddling false information. And they don't know what they're talking about. And and I, I normally don't, you know, lose. I, I don't know. I, don't, I normally don't get too upset about it. But it's just like wake up. Some of this stuff and some of the people that come out of the woodwork, I'm then like shaking my head. Like, how does that person have access to me? Why was I communicating with them? People come up with these cockamamie theories. And I saw something on CSI. And did anyone think about it's so insulting and condescending. And they're so unaware of just how insulting they're being wasted. But it's the wasting of our time. So. You know, there's so much information that we put out there that we've led with the story, what the love notes said about this individual. <clears throat> and so it it's um, it's very disappointing when you get an individual comes out with this just cockamamie nonsense. But the situation at the Rhode Island State House, right, and the homeless encampment, um, I, I didn't say anything on Twitter. Because I, I, there are some people who, who use social media, they like to fight on social media. I'm not one of those people. I don't have time for it. It's, um, I don't know if I want to say it's beneath me, but it's beneath me. I, I don't waste time with that type of thing. <clears throat> I know I'm going to be venting some complaints here. But so, so a lot of times now I find I just pass. You know, I say to myself, like, you're, you're, you're not going to win the argument on on Twitter. Why why even get into it? Like it's it's worth a pass. There are some people that strictly go to social media to, to argue with people, and I I just I don't have the time. I don't have the patience. I don't have the right attitude. I I just don't. It, it's to me that is like the definition of a colossal waste of time. But I did want to make mention because sometimes someone in and I'm talking about our local media now. They'll say something or tweet something or post something <clears throat> that I think it's insightful in many ways of how 
how they think, how the media in general thinks, um, without getting into the whole fake news thing. But the Rhode Island Housing Secretary Josh Saul appeared on Channel 12 yesterday. I'll play that sound. Not the most impressive interview I've ever heard. After you hear him, you you realize why this person has not been speaking to the media. No one could be in more cliche mode. But but this tweet that is out there. Yesterday, Rhode Island Housing Secretary, blah, 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 said they're still trying to get shelter beds for people sleeping outside the state house. A judge has put their whole, uh, put a hold on their eviction. I don't like the word eviction. They're being evicted from the state house. Huh, evicted from the state house. We went to the beach, and then at 7 o'clock at night, they evicted us from the beach. Evicted. Evicted to me should truly be a housing situation, not someone in a tent on public property. But anyhow, here's the line. But it begs the question, if they, all capitals, had been evicted Friday, where would they have gone? I want to, um, boy, it begs the question. For instance, it's almost like saying to Governor McKee, surely you're not saying that these English-speaking adults, these Americans, I would hope you're not suggesting they should fend for themselves. It begs the question, where on earth would they have gone? I mean, see, this is the problem. This is one of the problems. But with Governor McKee... It's really the Democrat Party. When you say, which they do during elections and the run-up to elections, we're going to handle everything. You don't have to handle everything. People will take you at your word. It begs the question, where would they have gone? As if it's, it's out of the realm of possibility that, that they would get a motel room for the night. That they would make alternate plans. That one of the, quote, homeless advocates would put them up at their home. That they would call upon a relative to say, can I stay in your basement? Can I stay in your garage? <coughs> Excuse me. You want to stay in my garage? Hey, listen, right now, I'm in a blank tent in front of the Rhode Island State House. Your garage, you know, sounds like the Hamptons for crying out loud. It begs the question, where would they have gone? Is if that's their last resort? That's not their last resort. As Justin Katz has said, that's actually the last place you would want to. This is a protest. And behind them are advocates protesting that. And they, you know, the, but the media, hand in hand with the advocates, putting all this pressure on Governor McKee and others. Where are these people supposed to go? You promised 600 beds. See, and now they got themselves into it. There's no pushback. At no point does Governor McKee or anyone say, well, wh- wh- why don't they figure it out? Why do we have to figure it out? Like, no one even says that anymore. It begs the question, where would they have gone? If the judge didn't stop them from being removed from the Rhode Island State House, my God, where on earth would they have gone? I, I don't, you know, wh- why is it up to us? When did it become that we, we, like that woman that posted to me, are you saying we shouldn't help the homeless? What do you have a mouse in your pocket? Why do, why do we, where did this develop that we collectively, all of us, it is our responsibility for these grown adults who speak English, they're Rhode Islanders. Who claim, I'm homeless, that we have to find them a place to sleep. We have to get them transportation. We have to make sure they have meals. We have to make sure they have proper clothing. My God, this is insanity. Where is the self-initiative? Where is the personal accountability? It begs the question, where would they have gone? Because that's the only place they could be on the steps at the Rhode Island State House. 
I mean, are these people, I can't believe what I'm reading in the reaction. Just the attitude, where is this leading? What's next? High school seniors refuse, refuse to leave high school until the school either A, gets them into a college or B, sets them up with a job that they can go. Where is the self-accountability? Where is the personal responsibility? When th- these people, they're not incapacitated. They're not infants. They're, they're not disabled elderly. Granted, they're, they're people that are a little off, which you'd have to be, that that's where you would camp out. But they were all co- also coaxed to go there. They were encouraged to go there. We're on, or it begs the question, where would they... My God, can you only, it's almost like crisis averted. If the judge had not stopped the eviction, it's, it's a mystery. Can you even imagine where these poor people would have gone? <clears throat> Maybe they could have pulled their resources and, and gotten a motel room for the night. You know, I don't know. But the more you tell them, you don't have to do anything. We'll handle it. We'll handle it. And the demand's coming. They want housing. They want three meals a day. They want proper clothing. They need rides. What, 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 what exactly happened that these individuals deserve this type of attention? Right? We're not talking about someone who has nowhere to go on Thanksgiving. Right? Various family members have died. Suddenly they're alone. There are people. It's Thanksgiving, they have nowhere to go. They don't really have friends or family in the area that invite them in. But just this attitude is if they're like, they're, they're treating the homeless like they're the helpless. Now, when I went up there Friday night, there was no one around. I see all these people making excuses for it. Maybe they went to a local business to get warm. Maybe they went, maybe they could say to the business, hey, can I stack those shelves for you? Like, where does it come down? Some people are brainwashed by this. What is the qualification other than someone just announces they're homeless? I'm homeless. Here on in. Everything's free. Right? Like, if it's free, it's for me. It begs the question. If they had capital letters been evicted, where on earth would they have gone over? almost like, boy, did we dodge a bullet. This isn't the equivalent of someone that realizes they missed their flight on 9-11 or they missed, ah, we got to the airport late, so we didn't get aboard Pan Pan Am 103 that then blew up over Lockerbie, Scotland. Yesterday was the anniversary. This is like, where are we going with this? How many more people are raising their hand? Hey, you got to provide for me. Why do we have to provide? Because I'm homeless. Well, you know, what what happened to whose fault is that? Who decided not to pay attention in school? I I get that people have drinking problems, substance abuse problems. I I understand all of that. But at, at what point this whole element, can you, like the shock and horror, can you imagine? And he almost evicted them. Then they, they would have been wandering through 95 in traffic. Like, what is wrong with these people? Pitching a tent at the state house was was never a good idea. And it actually, it wasn't really, this is where we're going to be. It is very inconvenient. It's cold, it's windy, it's loud. <clears throat> it's not it's not where you would do that sort of thing. It was it was part, they were encouraged to be there. And there are more tents than people. There's a lot of empty tents. It's a lot of it is show. It's political theater. But these people get caught up with it. Again, I, I am not. I think a lot of this is a self. It, it has been mishandled by the McKee administration. I, I agree with that. And that housing secretary, he couldn't be any less impressive. If, if this is the guy that's supposed to be, and now they, you know, this whole business of the, well, you can't go to the Cranston Street Armory, that doesn't have handicap 
type bathroom. These people are sleeping in tents on blanking Smith Street. And now you're complaining. You know where they, what facilities they, hey, guess what? The, the, the facilities they're using now, which is a brown bag over the fence or the wall at the state house, that's not exactly handicap accessible. They're sleeping outside on Smith Street. And some of these people worried about, well, we're not sure about the, listen, I don't want them anyone in an unsafe situation either, whether it's wires or whatever the hell it is. But, all right, then don't put any handicapped people there. Well, the bathrooms, they are not handicapped accessible. Well, how many of these people are handicapped? I saw one person in a wheelchair. Now, that's challenging. It'll be challenging enough to be in a wheelchair, let alone you're going to be homeless in a wheelchair. And so you're at the state house and you can't even maneuver because there's steps and various things like that. I mean, it is just people have to get their head together around this. Now, the media is grilling Peter Norona. Why didn't he take the case? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to waste our time. All right, folks, this portion of the John DePietro show at 1227. I, I like that. Well, they, 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 we've got to help these people. Who are they? They're not refugees. They're around. They're, 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 some of the people that are sleeping up there are doing it out of protest. So they're not homeless. I, and, but, the, you know, the media searches for there's got to be a family here. There's got to be someone, all right, if there's no veterans, there's got to be someone who has a veteran in their family. And we got to have a, a, a young mother. We're looking for a young mother. We're looking for a young mother that's homeless, that has infant children with her. Listen, they should not be out in a tent at the Blanking State House. I mean, at what point do people, that is so selfish and unfair for an adult. But the, the media, the search, I see them posting, looking to speak with a homeless mother, ideally with an infant under the age of one. Well, if, if, there, if that does exist, I would hope DCYF intercepts them and puts that child somewhere safe before you do an interview. What else, what else should be the criteria for the big interview? What, should they have a crack problem? Penniless? Um, somehow? transgender, what have you, have the, and, and they're against Trump for the, the real extra points there. Folks, this portion of the program brought to you by Propane Plus. Propane Plus for you, all your heating and cooling, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus heating and cooling. Why Propane Plus? Well, residential or commercial, just go to their website, propaneplus.com. You put in your zip code, then you click residential or commercial. It's Propane Plus. Three generations, they are so knowledgeable. And remember, propane is energy for everyone. It's affordable, it's sustainable, it's equitable, it's good for the environment, lowest carbon fuel, and now it's renewable. Propane Plus. Give them a call right now. And if you're a builder, far more builders are discovering and using propane for their structures. Propane Plus, 401-885-4209 or Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Folks, good afternoon at 1230. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I mean, enough is enough. This nonsense, this media obsession with the um, the homeless encampment at the state house. AG declines to defend McKeon homeless evictions. Good. First of all, why again are they using the word evictions? How about against trespassing? Rhode Island's still sitting on thirty million in relief for nursing homes. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of that. And at the same time, I recognize, I mean, they're going to report it one way. I'm going to report it another way. Channel 10, court hearing of a state homeless encampment postponed. <laughs> it shouldn't be that complicated. It should not, it's not your imagination. It should not be that complicated. It's not that complicated. 
as I've said, the um, our situation compared to other parts of the country, it seems very fixable. It does. I don't know what is so challenging other than men. A lot of the coverage has focused on, and I, and I said this from the outset, of the McKee people were not. I would say fully dealing with the the problem, not really dealing with the problem, because the real problem is that many of these individuals, I've said, they they don't want to go to a shelter. And so then people say, wait a minute, who wouldn't want to go to a shelter? Those people. Why? Because they want free housing. They don't want a shelter bed. They want free housing. They want their own apartment for free. They want their own home for free. They'll settle for a hotel room for free. They stopped the hotel vouchers program. Many of the people are upset about that. So they're thinking the McKee people will cave and put them up once again at a hotel. So they're holding out. They're holding out. Now, several of the individuals that I spoke to last week up at the state house, they have heaters. They feel it's not that bad (laughs) for whatever reason. But they're like, you know, not that bad living here in the tent. Doesn't cost them anything. But th- this is, uh, I, I understand they don't like the optics of it. I understand those at the state house. if I, you were working there, you don't want all those people out there. And there is an unsafe element to it, let alone then, you know, they found the needles and, and the, the garbage and so forth. So uh, I get they want the optics going. But this, this is a fixable problem. I mean, come on, it is. Uh, the situation out on the West Coast, far more difficult problem because it is, it's just grown. So, I mean, I, it's hard to tell just how many people there are out on the West Coast. Some people say 65,000 homeless people. The mayor the other day said 40,000 homeless. Think about that. 40,000 people are in tents on the street. That, that is a crisis. That is a major, major problem. So, And that's not an easily fixed problem. What the McKee people want to do, I get it. They want to get these people off the steps, put them inside somewhere. It is cold out. It did snow the other night. And just get them kind of out of sight until they figure out a long-term plan. But the individuals involved don't want to do that. And as I, I don't think the governor was wrong. So where things stand right now is they can't put up any new tents, but they they won't remove the people that are there. Now, again, though, when you think about it, talk about agendas. I mean, it really, it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. So you have someone up there and they say, I'm here because there's, there's no room. There's nowhere for me to go. And then they claim they reach out And then they say they still don't want to be removed from there because they don't want the shelter life. There is a couple up there and then others, as we've talked about, some of the reasons people don't like to go in. You can't. You got to be out at a certain time. A shelter is just that. It is shelter for the night. You have a shelter bed for the night. I mean, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't sound like anything I'd be interested in. You're in a large room. There's other people. There's noise. They're coughing. Um, From what I understand, things get stolen. I mean, it's got a lot of problems, but it's it's at least it's better than you're out on the street on a cold on a cold night. So it's it's just as it sounds, which is, quote, shelter. That's really what we're we're talking about here. Um, the situation with them. But look, look at how that's become the attitude. There's nothing positive about that. That's not our society. We're a capitalist society. We have the ability, we give people the ability to earn as much as you like. In Venezuela, they were taking the money from people who earned a lot of money and then giving it to, quote, the poor people. In Venezuela, the government started paying for everything. There are some people amongst us who want that form of government. It's a failed experiment. We are a capitalist society. You, you earn money and the government doesn't, you know, there's taxes, but they don't take it from you. But we have people in Rhode Island, they're trying to push that 
it's it's really communism in a way, but it definitely a socialist agenda. Whereas the government takes care of everything. As I have mentioned, that's also part of the Green New Deal, which is there's a separate section of the Green New Deal, AOC, and Senator Markey and Mass. You have a certain amount of money that is set aside for, quote, those who choose not to work. And they give them free housing and free food, and they give them a monthly allowance. You're seeing some some elements of it right now in Providence. Mayor Law said these reparations, it's a form of socialism. We're going to give you extra money. Don't worry about it. But as many of other people have talked about, the problem is the person becomes dependent on that. They, they You start giving them 500 a month, 1,000 a month, free housing, free food. Their, their brain clicks off. They don't think that's something they have to pay for anymore. And it's difficult to get people back into that. All these people out of the workforce, you're also not serving them. I, um, I did speak with a small business owner the other day. He said, you know, he can't believe the number of people that there were some people when the pandemic hit, they stopped working. That was it. They had money coming in from different sources. There was different funds available. So now they're thinking, you know, getting back into the workforce, but they literally have not worked since March of 2020. It'll be three years coming up this March. Folks, this part, how about the big uh, story about the cryptocurrency king? He's facing a lot of charges. Now they're saying it was fraud from the beginning. It's so important to be on sound financial footing. And that's why on this Wednesday, I'm offering you a free consultation with Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Folks, for over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice, solid advice for clients, their unique goals, help millions of Americans plan to retire and then retire on their own terms. As Ameriprise Financial Advisor, Tom Bryan, he remains true to the vision, always puts clients first, ready to help you get where you want to be today and into the future. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning and estate planning to work for you through personal one-on-one relationship right now on this Wednesday. Now, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, you know, people are going to get, you're going to get a lot of gifts. This is something you do for yourself, maybe for one of your children, maybe for a family member, a sibling, maybe for a grandchild. Set them up. Free consultation. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial. Call 401 434 15 401-434-1510. Office is located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Ameriprise Financial with our guy, Tom Bryant. Folks, check out the website, thepetro.com. As I said, exclusive um, content, articles, videos, and thepetro.com, which is brought to you by Burke's Martial Arts. Now, the new year is coming. Maybe your new year's resolution is to get in shape or learn how to defend yourself. Jake Burke, the guy is special forces, self-defense, fitness, martial arts, Burke's Martial Arts. There's different ways you can do it. 888 80 Street in Providence, they also have, that's also the home of atomic kickboxing. But Burke's Martial Arts, you know, many times if you're in a situation, you just need a couple of seconds to buy your time to get out of that difficult situation. Where then you can get to safety or call 911 or get assistance. Burke's Martial Arts, Jake Burke will teach you how to do that. He is so amazing. Stop it and see them. 888 Street. There's a link on the website, dipetro.com. So today is the, um, folks, good afternoon at 1240. You're listening to the John DePetro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Well, this is a sobering headline. Putin readies nukes to strike West. 12 times more powerful than Hiroshima. Hmm. That sounds like that could be a problem. Wow. USA sending Patriot missiles. Someone asked me if I was thinking of going back to Poland. (laughs) Not now. Shelters, backpacks, FM radios. Kiev prepares for nuclear war. Russian defectors say there are maniacs in his former unit. Hmm. 
That sounds like a challenge for the Biden administration. Nuke threat. Putin readies nuke missiles for launch. Strike UK and U.S. is locked and loaded in silo near Moscow. I mean, is this what it's coming to? I've been saying since February this guy needs to be taken out. And I'll also mention it is disgraceful. There are some on the far right, far right, Candace Owens, Tulsi Gabbard, Nick Fuentes, the uh, America First crowd, where they praise Putin. So pathetic. Russia primes nuclear bomb 12 times more powerful than dropped in Hiroshima. This is Newsweek. Video of an intercontinental ballistic missile on a silo launcher has been released by Russia's defense ministry. Widely reported by the country's media and apparent warning to the West. Russia's tabloid newspaper reported that the Yars missile complex has a capacity 12 times greater than the American bomb that destroyed Hiroshima. Referring to the atomic weapon dropped on the Japanese city August 6th, 1945. Then you had Nagasaki. The mass circulations paper report outlined some of the missile's specifications. A launch weight of 46,000 tons. Operational range up to 7,456 miles. Strike the U.S. or anywhere in Europe and payload up to 500 kilotons, whatever that is. Now, whether or not they could actually launch this thing is a completely different story. But that guy needs to be removed, as I've been saying it for quite some time. Um, He's not savvy. He shouldn't be praised the way some people have praised him. He... We, we have done everything we can to try to support individuals to try to take him out. And hopefully that will, that will happen. That is so sad about the Ellen uh, DeGeneres DJ. Whew. I saw that guy when we were at the Ellen show. Folks, there's, there's such an atmosphere right now of self-harm. Stephen Twitch Boss, 40 years old. The guy was in Magic Mike. He was Ellen's DJ. 40 years old. The wife's 34. I think they have father of three. Goes to a hotel room. Didn't take his car. Dies of a self-inflicted gun wound. Gunshot wound. Comes days after they celebrated the ninth wedding anniversary. How? It it but the, there is such an atmosphere right now. I don't know what the answer is, obviously, but it is just. I mean, talk about someone that has been living big time. Now they're saying he dies at age forty. Find his body at a hotel. Well, he took his life though, folks. Between at twelve forty five. What's going on right now with fentanyl, the amount of overdoses, the amount of self-harm, still some of the fallout from the pandemic. But it's it's just looming out there, these people and the self-harm. I'm not claiming I have an answer. I'm not claiming anyone does. But when you, you see these various individuals... It's so sad when they think that is their only alternative for whatever reason. Well, now that I have brought everyone down during this noon report, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I'm going to play the housing secretary momentarily. This portion of the program, though, folks, it's brought to you by Matthews Oil Company. You know, I spoke to Jim Matthews yesterday, four generations. Who, where do you get your oil delivery from? I'm asking you to call Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. Four generations. They have 24-hour emergency service. You want to be nice and warm this winter? Matthews Oil Company, 
7500 Have them fill the tank. Premier deal in Rhode Island. Highest quality heating fuels. And if you're on a budget, they'll work with you. Various payment plans available. Call Matthews Oil Company today. Online at MatthewsOil.com. 401-942-7500. 401-942-7500 for Matthews Oil Company. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. All right, I want to play. We've kind of been wondering how come Governor McKee's, how come that we haven't heard a lot from his, quote, housing secretary, Josh Saul? I don't think I know this individual. And then he did an interview yesterday on WPRI Channel 12. Um, a lot of cliches, a lot of talking points. He's with Kim Kalunian, my former colleague, and um, just trying to get some answers. This is the guy, doesn't talk to the media a lot, seems a little in over his head. Here is the uh, the interview he did on Channel 12. Now facing some legal action after trying to evict people who were camped out on the state house grounds. I'm joined live now by the state's Secretary of Housing, Josh Saul. Thanks for being here. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. So I, I'll talk to you in a little bit about the, the litigation that the state is facing, but I want to establish something first. Alexa Gagas over at the Boston Globe has been doing some excellent reporting on this issue. And yesterday, the governor told her the state is short 200 shelter beds. That number's been debated a little bit. But regardless, how has the state been planning to move these people at the state house to shelter beds if there aren't any? So first and foremost, one person outside is one person too many. Uh. We can talk about the numbers ad nauseum, but really our goal is to help the people who are outside and make resources available. Some of that may be shelter beds, some of that may be something else because not everyone wants to go to a shelter. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we stop just at shelter beds, and that's what we're doing in the State House. I have a team right now from the Department of Housing that is working around the clock, has been working for the last four days nonstop to help the people who are currently at the state house and it doesn't just end at the state house it's all around the state it's really a problem throughout our state that we have people who are unhoused and we need to really work as a state together to create the housing we need so we don't just get these people to shelter or get them connected to shelter but get them connected to permanent housing where they can thrive where they can grow and where all their needs are met the immediate issue right now is these people are sleeping outside it's very cold so what is the number of shelter beds there's a supply and demand issue i know is the governor correct in saying that we're short 200 beds what's the number every night we have some shelter beds that are available but they don't always match the needs of that person I'll just give you an example. Mm -hmm. Some people might have mental health issues and do not feel comfortable sleeping in a large room. So we have actually funded more than $5 million this year alone to expand our shelter capacity by 350 beds. Unfortunately, we had some setbacks and we didn't meet that goal because there was uh, a sprinkler malfunction at Memorial Hospital in in Pawtucket. Mm -hmm. So we were down 80 beds there. And there's some other beds that are still coming online. First and foremost, though, I would say when someone is sleeping outside, our immediate concern is life safety. It's New England, and although homelessness is a, an issue year-round, it's getting colder every day. And if we don't help people get into a warm place, whether that's a shelter or a warming station, the temperatures are life-threatening. That's what we're focused on right now. That's what we're going to continue to do with the standing up of the Cranston Armory to make sure that people have a warm place to go, regardless of whether they're requesting shelter or some other thing. We are connecting them to that service, and we're doing that in a way they're safe. The Cranston Street Armory, how quickly is that going to be up and running? We were expecting an announcement from the state this afternoon. We're still waiting on that. Is that going to open as a shelter in the short term? So we're working around the clock and we sh- the situation is fluid right now because we have uh, providers who are applying to provide the services there and the state has actually supplied the beds. We're working with the emergency management as well as uh, the National Guard to provide beds and cots, PPE, all the different equipment that goes into there. By no means is this a, you know, the best situation in any way. But think about it. If someone's sleeping outside, 
we can't just stop and say, oh, let's just wait till next year and create more solutions. We're acting immediately and with the urgency that's needed at this moment, and that's to save lives and to make sure that people are connected to services. We've got less than 30 seconds, but as I mentioned, the state is now facing some legal challenges. The ACLU just filed a complaint this afternoon. A judge is going to be hearing the issue again tomorrow. I know you can't comment on pending litigation, but is the state now considering rescinding that order to vacate the state house grounds? So, as you mentioned, I cannot speak to any ongoing litigation. My lane is to focus on people and making sure they're getting connected to resources and that as a state, we have the housing that we need because not everyone wants shelter and the ultimate goal is getting people into housing and getting into housing that serves all of their needs, whether that's the mental health issues, the substance use issues, really connecting with people. This is not just a numbers game or a logistics challenge. It's about helping people. And I'm confident that as Rhode Islanders, we can come together as a community and do that together. We're out of time, but yes or no, if those people left the state house tonight, do you have a shelter bed for them to sleep in right now? We are trying our best and we will continue to try our hardest to do that around the clock. All right, Housing Secretary Josh Saul, thanks so much for being here. You know, just that, again, he he takes the bait on it. That was, again, WPRI. She got him, okay? That's the guy that's been silent. I understand why. Um, a lot of, as I said, a lot of cliches there, folks. And again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Just that final question, yes or no? If those people leave the state house, do you have a shelter bed for them? I I think that that that's as he, as he did mention, by the way, a lot of them that that they don't want to go to a shelter. I they don't want to go to a shelter. They're turning down a shelter. And Governor McKee was not wrong when he said that a lot of the quote homeless advocates are encouraging the people to stay there as part of a protest demonstration to draw attention. I mean, if, if it, it has worked, their goal was to draw attention to the situation with the homeless. Would people be paying as much attention to this if it was um, just somewhere else on the grounds of the state house? Probably not. Probably not. Instead, they're right there surrounding the door on both sides. This is, it is organized. They have different people communicating with them. It is served. They, they, the McKee people have allowed these homeless individuals to basically turn the entrance of the state house on Smith Street into... And that's where you enter security. That's where people, the public goes in and out. It's basically become homeless headquarters. And then people go up there, you know, can I get you anything? Bring them food, water, drink, whatever they need. I mean, as someone, I was up there twice last week. They have people, whatever you need, will get it for you, provided you, but you have to stay in your tent up here. The moment you leave and go to a shelter, all bets are off. Now you're just like everyone else. These are the glamorous ones that are holding out this protest. And the question is just how long they're going to drag this out and continue to make demands. So Governor McKee, they're not wrong about this. But I just, I believe they've allowed the discussion and the narrative on this to become too much of for instance, why isn't the question posed to them, you can't stay here, so where are you going? As opposed to it's thrown on to, if you kick them out, where are they supposed to go? All the onus is on the state. They've allowed it to be um, set up that way, where all the onus seems to be there. I also want to remind people, this business of evicting, they never should have been allowed in the first place. All the McKee people would be doing is enforcing current law. It's not new that you can't sleep out there. They should have stopped it last November. They didn't stop it. 13 months later, they regret it. Folks, I want to remind you on this Wednesday, December 14th, at Med Urgent Care. Now, I've been telling you there's a lot of talk about emergency rooms, 
The Rhode Island Department of Health have been encouraging people not to go to the emergency room, which does seem odd. But that's where AtMed Urgent Care comes in. The, the waits at the emergency rooms are ridiculously long, not at AtMed Urgent Care. If you have an emergency, they have doctors, they have nurses. AtMed Urgent Care, two locations. They specialize in ambulatory medicine, comprehensive outpatient health care. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. If right now, during the course of the day, someone is injured at work, bring them to AtMed Urgent Care, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center, or 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's AtMed Urgent Care, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic, and trauma, work-related injuries. They also have adult vaccinations. If someone's in a car accident, now, lately, now, do you know emergency rooms are saying they don't want to see anyone? They, they won't take you if you've been in a car accident, if you've been in a vehicle accident of some kind. It's not like that with AtMed. You can bring them to AtMed Urgent Care. Or if someone has the flu or they need a flu vaccination, AtMed Urgent Care. It's still time to get your flu shot. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston and also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich at Med Urgent Care. Well, folks, good afternoon on this. Um, it is a terrible 10-year anniversary. I talked about it in, in the, the first hour of, the, uh, of what happened at, in Newtown, Connecticut in Sandy Hook. And I'm not going to go on and on about of just how vicious and awful that was that Alex Jones and InfoWars, that they they carried on. Uh, they were making so much money uh, in one day during the height of denying that Newtown happened, that Sandy Hook happened. InfoWars made close to one million in one day. 860,000, I believe, was the figure in, in one day. And the more that people are reflecting on that, it, it's just, it, it just doesn't make any, I, it, it's, it's just so egregious that someone would purposely do that. And then these idiots were calling and harassing the parents and saying they're all crisis actors and none of it is true and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that is just such a dark time. That's not First Amendment, by the way. That's, you're, they're making things up. And they were pro- that's also not free speech. They're, they're profiting from that so-called speech. I, I recognize he wasn't the only one. There was some idiot in Chicago, I think, that wrote a book saying Newtown never happened. And then, you know, eventually they pulled the book. But it certainly did nothing to diminish that. Now, listen, we will be doing Facebook Live later. It's 1259. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. There's a lot more sound to get to. Again, this situation... With uh, with Russia and and this is, you know, we're nine months into this this war in Ukraine. Very very serious with these types of weapons that he's flaunting. So next hour is radio only. AM thirteen eighty ninety nine point nine FM. We're going to be back another full hour to go right here on the John DePietro show. This is WNRI One Socket. <laughs> 